0: Good morning, family. It's great to be with you this morning from my side. Also, welcome. My name is Rudo. I have a privilege to be one of the elders here in, the, in, the, in this congregation. And, um, and it's so, you know, such a privilege to share with you the Word this, this morning. If you have your, your Bibles with you, you can take out your Bibles. Um, if you read it on your phone, on your tablet, your hard copy Bible, you can even follow me this morning. I don't know if, if they are ready. With a, with a PowerPoint, um, but uh, we're just going to stay in, in the Word today. So you can open up in, in 1 Kings 17, 1 Kings 17, we, we started last week with a new sermon series called God's Faithfulness, um, God's Faithfulness, and Donnie did such a great job last week when he was saying, God is and remains faithful to his word. We need to hold on to his word. You know, God ha- has a spoken word over our lives. And when we read his word, we-, we find out what that is. And we need to hold on to that. But it's all, it was also a, a great reminder um, of the word that God spoke to him and to us as a congregation in the beginning of the year. It was, it was what? Two things. Is to wait on God, you know, that we need to take time to wait on God, but also to remind each other of God's faithfulness, to remind each other of God's faithfulness. And, um, you know, just a short uh, testimony or personal victory, um, yesterday, well, not yesterday was the party, but on, you know, such a significant moment on, on Friday, we celebrated my two sons' birthdays. Um, Alexander and Sammy, they were born on the same day, um, four years apart. Um, and uh, Alexander uh, became five, and Sammy won. Um, and you know, many of you prayed with us. Uh, Sammy went through a very difficult time in the beginning of the year, um, and he still got a condition. But praise God, he's faithful. And, and we got through the first year, amen? Yes, we kept him alive while Jesus kept him alive. He assisted us to keep him alive. Amen. Yeah. So we are just so thankful that God is faithful to His word, and that Sammy is still alive. He's still with us, and yeah, you know, it's just amazing. So, uh, so from that place, you know, to to be reminded of a word like this that we're going to speak this morning is very, you know, it just ministers to my heart. It ministers to my to my life, to my soul, and it, it's just you know because we are all human, and I pray that. You know, this word will minister to you this morning as well. So if you open up in, in, in Kings 1 Kings 17, you know, at this place where we are now, where we're going to pick up reading, we are at a place where the kingdoms are now divided. There's a kingdom in the north and a kingdom in the south. Judah is in the south and Israel is in the north. And uh, the king at the time leading Israel in the north is Ahab. And so he had a reign of 20, about 22 years and he was very wicked, he was very evil, more than those that went before him. He was, a, he was a silly king. One of the things that he did, he went on and he married Jezebel, you know, the very famous uh, woman who, who led the kingdom with him. Jezebel, she was the daughter of the, uh, the Sidonian king. Um, and, so, and she was a worshipper of Baal, and so she led also her husband then to become worshipper of Baal, idol worship. So they did all sorts of crazy and, and evil things. And the prophet at the time was Elijah. Elijah. And uh, this guy, you're oh, crazy. I love this guy. It's just because we can, we can associate with him. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to go through some of his story this morning. Um, and, and his job was to confront Ahab. Now, what I want you to do this morning... When we go through this story, we're going we're to go through the extensiveness of this story. But it's going to be nice. It's going to be interesting. You don't worry. Okay? You're going to enjoy it. But what I want you to do is, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Elijah. Okay? I want you to, I want you to, to see your, your life through the eyes of Elijah this morning. So that you can, you, can, you can see how God is faithful in all circumstances. Can you do that? Lord, I pray that as as you go through this word, will you minister, Lord, to our hearts? Holy Spirit, will you in this moment come and speak to people, Lord? And know that just as you've been with Elijah, you are with us. And we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, so we're going to go through, let's do this side, 1 Kings 17, and then we're going to do 1 Kings 19. But don't worry, it's going to be great, all right? I've summed it I've summed it up. Right. It right? so 1 King 17. Um, Elijah said to Ahab, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So Elijah is announcing the drought. There's going to be a famine. Okay? And so he's confronting this king. Can you imagine walking up to a king? This guy can tell you, okay, I'm gonna cut off your head right now. You're not gonna tell me there's gonna be a famine. So he has to confront the king. That's you now, all right? And he's saying there's going to be a famine. Then the word of the Lord came to him. The word of God came to him. Highlight that. Depart from here and hide yourself by the brook. So obviously Ahab is going to look for him and search for him. He wants to kill him. Hide yourself by the brook. You shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And then verse 5, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. The word, the Lord spoke the word, and he did the word. The Lord spoke. He went and lived by the brook, verse 6, and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. The bird, like I'm not a bird, I don't know birds so well, Donnie's more the bird guy. But what I think is a raven is not a very sharing type of bird. You know, he's not like a dove that would bring branches and stuff. He's a selfish bird. He's a ferocious bird. And God is instructing this bird to bring food for Elijah. Miracle. Miracle. Verse 7, And after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Okay, so now there's no more water. So, God says, all right, verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him again, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, I have commanded a widow there to feed you, so verse 10, he arose and went to Zarephath, the word of the Lord came, and Elijah did, the word of the Lord came, and Elijah did, okay, you have to notice this, um, this similarities, at the gate of the city, behold, the widow was there. And he called her and said to her, Bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. Also, bring me a, morse, a morsel. A morsel is not much like a, a, a hunky full, okay, just a little bit, of bread in your hand. So he was not asking for much. Listen to the response of this lady, verse 12. And she said, As the Lord your God lives... I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Not a lot of faith, not agreeing to what he's asking. Can you see that? Okay? So there's not a lot of, we're going to eat this and then we're going to die. I don't think I'm going to help you. I think that would have been maybe if there's a famine in the land, my response as well. Do you think so? So listen to what Elijah is saying. So Elijah said, you have to highlight this. Do not fear. He's telling her, do not fear, because this is reoccurring. It comes up later in chapter 19 again. Go and do as you have said. But first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. I think this lady thinks by this time, you are crazy. (laughs) Definitely not going to do it. But then Elijah said this. Um, He said, For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day of the Lord sends rain on this earth. Now, if this was me, and we have a petrol crisis, right? And this was my last can of petrol. I don't think I'm going to share it especially with the prices going on at the moment, all right? And if a random person comes in and tell me, listen, I would like to, you know, can you maybe just fill up my car with your last petrol, not going to happen. But if he says that to me, let's go. I'll give you some because it's not going to run empty. Can you see this lady? Why she then, if you read the very next verse, verse 15, it says, and she went and did what Elijah said. She was like, well, I'm going to do this in faith because he said, the word of God says, the word of the Lord came to him and said, if you do this for me, your jugs will not be empty. You will not run out of flour. You will not run out of oil until the rain comes again. I think I would have responded the same as this lady. Can you see this? And so, that is the jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that was spoken by Elijah. Okay. Second story. Do you think it's a miracle? Miracle. Miracle. Third story towards the end of chapter 17. Then, uh, yeah, verse 17, 17, verse 17. Then the son of the woman, this woman's son, became ill, and his illness was so severe that he died. Verse 19, and he said to her, Elijah said to her, give me your son. And verse 20, and he he cried out to the Lord. Listen to this, it's now the roles are changed. Elijah is now crying out to to God. He's, 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 He's speaking to God now. Oh, Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. Verse 22, and the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he was revived. Here's a few observations from this piece. Maybe you you see it as well. When we respond to the word of God, God is faithful. When God is speaking his word, and we respond to his word, God is faithful. He does what he says. But as a sovereign God, remember God is sovereign. As a sovereign God, He will also respond to when we cry to Him. When we cry to this loving God, He will respond to us as well. Can you see this from this chapter? And so at this point, when we we move to chapter 18... Elijah was now in this sort of a waiting room, spending time at the brook. The raven's feeding him. Then he went to to Zarephath in Sidon, and he was spending time with this widow. This period, this waiting room, this famine was about three years. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And then he had to go and confront Ahab again. And so that's chapter 18 that we will... Look at next week and, um, and the, the whole victory that went along with that. But in this chapter, what we pick up is how Elijah responded to God's word. And we see that God is faithful. Ravens brought him food. Well, it's not drying up from the empty vessels. The dead boy came back to life. And then towards the end of chapter 19, we see eventually the rain came. God said there was not going to be rain. Three years, no rain. And then the rain came. And then we move to chapter 19. So 1 Kings 19. Verse 1. It starts like this. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the Baal prophets with the sword. So after the, the rain came and, and Elijah won, he killed all the Baal prophets. So Ahab was, What? So he went, to, he went to, to, to his wife, and he said, listen, Elijah killed all your, your Baal prophets, all the guys that help us to, to worship these idols. He went on and killed them. And so it was almost like, I don't know what's it in English, a clicky back. You know, he, 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 he threw Elijah under the bus, okay? And verse 2, listen to this. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, by this time tomorrow, he will be also dead. He will, I'm going to kill I'm going to make sure that Elijah will be dead by this time tomorrow. And then verse 3. Remember what Elijah said to the, to the widow? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Verse 3. Then he was afraid. Then he became afraid. Ho-ho. And he arose and ran for his life to Beersheba. But he went another day's journey into the wilderness. So not he didn't you know, stop at Beersheba. He left his servant there. And then he went another day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying, it is enough now. It is enough. Anyone that can relate to that? Coming to that place where you like, I have had enough. (laughs) Oh Lord, take away my life. A few observations. Okay. Just from that piece. Did Elijah respond to God's word there? Did God tell him to run? No. Did Elijah consult God to receive? this word to receive a a message when he received this message from Jezebel that God go and consult God? No. Did he do this on his own? Out of his own? Yes. Was it out of feelings and emotions? Maybe. Is it normal? Definitely. Is it human? For sure. Do we all get to that place? Yes. Where we respond ...from our own feelings and emotions. (laughs) Where it's not a a word of God. But we respond. Because we're afraid. We are weak. We are so weak. And so yes, two principles that apply to this word... ...that we need to apply to our life... ...is that God remains faithful... No matter our weakness. And God remains sovereign no matter our position. God remains faithful no matter our weakness. So, here's the first thing we're going to continue in this word. God remains faithful no matter our weakness. Listen to verse 5. And he lay down and slept under it, under this broom tree. He came to this place. He was spent. He was finished. He was gone. He said, "I cannot do this anymore. Take my life. I'm done. I'm finished." And so he says, and he lay down and he slept under this tree. And an angel touched him and said to him, "Arise and eat." There was at his hand, at his head, a cake baked on hot stones, and a jar of water, and he ate and he drank, and he lay down again. And the, the, the angel did this twice. Was this word from God to run to this place? No. Did, did, did God provide for him in the previous chapter when God said, go to that place, God provided for him? This time, God did not tell him to go to this place, but God still provided. God remained faithful in his weakness. How amazing is that? And he arose and he ate and he drank and he went. And he went in that strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights, to the mount of God. In Elijah's disappointment, in his discouragement, in his difficulty, God remains faithful. You know, disappointment comes when our expectation exceeds our reality. That's when disappointment comes. Elijah expected the victory. He expected the rain. He expected the battle to be over. But he did not expect the resistance from Jezebel. He expected that when the drought was over, the battle is going to be over. The people of God is going to turn back to him and they didn't, and he got so afraid, he got so disappointed, so discouraged, and so when Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you, I think he, he got a, re- a realization that nothing is going to change, nothing changed. Disappointment takes um, takes us to those lonely places, those places where where we are discouraged, emotionally drained, mentally um, uh, mentally exhausted. Relationships fail, and that's the problem with disappointment. It will tell you that God is not faithful. You know. There was a there was a moment when Sammy was was sick when. When the doctors kept on saying that, he, you know, his condition is moving backward, like he was getting sicker. And like, you, know, you you come to that place where there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing I can do. Like, I'm so disappointed that he's not getting better, but there's nothing I can do. And so it, it takes you to that place where you, where you feel alone. Were you emotionally drained? I have nothing to give. I have nothing to say. But God remains faithful in our weakness. In Elijah's responsibility. Remember, he had a responsibility. He carried weight. God remained faithful. I think, you know, when you get to that place, the responsibility got to him. He was three years In that waiting room. He expected the change. He expected that through his role, things will change. And the burden just got too heavy. It says in verse 7, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. The Lord told him, this journey is too great for you. And so I I don't think... Elijah told God, listen, I don't want to be the prophet anymore. He just didn't know what else to do. And so he just didn't know what else to say, what else to do. And and the heaviness of this responsibility got to him. Why? Because it will cost you to walk in front. It will cost you to lead. It will cost you to be the husband. It will cost you to be the father. It will cost you to be the leader. It will cost you to carry the, the responsibility. It will cost you to, to, um, to be the responsible one, to take the responsibility upon yourself. When, when your marriage is not going well, or your children are sick, or when it's not going well at, at work, it will cost you to be that person. And when, you, when, 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 when um, we respond from our own feelings and our own emotions... You will get tired. This life will keep you busy. But God is faithful in our weakness. He will keep on looking and searching for you. Just like he did for Elijah. God, res- God remains faithful no matter our weakness. The second thing is that we learn from this this chapter, from this life of Elijah, is that God remains sovereign no matter our position. Verse 9 says, And so he came to a cave and he lodged in it. It's interesting that God did not even tell him to go to that mountain. The word of God did not come and, and say to him, Go to that mountain. He went to that mountain again out of his own. And so he went into this cave and he lodged there. And this is exactly what the devil wants sometimes. He wants us to be isolated, to be by ourselves, so that, so that the thoughts of, of anxiety and fear and depression can come. So that self-pity can come and the voices and the, and, the, and the offenses can come. But then the word of the Lord came to him and he said this to, to him. And I want you to hear this, what Jesus is saying. God said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Then the word of God came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And so Elijah responds with this self justification, this self pity almost in verse 10. He said, the people of Israel have abandoned your covenant, destroyed the places of worship and murdered your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me as well. Can you hear? Saying, I cry myself so a yammer. Now they're trying to kill me as well. And so I've come to this cave and I've come to hide. After everything that God did for him. And so the Lord almost ignored Elijah's self-pity and his reason for being on the mountain. Instead, God responds from, from his sovereignty. And he comforted him in that way. And he said, get up, Elijah. Go and stand at the, at the cave, at the entrance of the cave, at the mouth. A hurricane and a wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before him, but God wasn't in the, found in the wind. And after the wind, the earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And then, after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. We miss God, friends, because of our position. Even through that, he wasn't even at the mouth yet because only in verse 13 he changed his position. In verse 13, when Elijah heard the voice of God, he changed his hearing. He wrapped his face so he did something, his cloak. And then he went to the mouth of the cave and he stood there and he heard God speaking to him. And God said to him, go back, Elijah. Elijah. change this position. It is not a change of feelings. It is not a change of emotions. It is a change of position where you change your hearing the way that you hear God. It is the way that you view God. It is whatever change, whatever you want to change so that you can hear God's voice better in your life. Amen? So you hear God. He heard God said, go back, Eli." Go back to the place that you came from. Why? Because I have already made the way for you. I have already prepared the way for you. Go and anoint Elisha. Go and anoint the kings that I have told you to go and anoint. Go back to the place of your responsibility because it's at that place where your successor lies. Go back to the place of your difficulty and your discouragement. Because I had to let you run all the way to your disappointment. Why? So that you can collapse. And see for yourself that you cannot do this by yourself. Friends, you cannot. You feel like it and you do it. God remains faithful in this weakness. We cannot do this by ourselves. God remains faithful. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That is exactly why he died on the cross. He so that he can leave the Holy Spirit with us to lead us, to guide us, to help us, To intercede for us, to counsel us in those moments where we don't know what to say or what to how to react. The Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weakness. And He is here right now. God remains faithful in our weakness. And God remains sovereign no matter our position. And so all of us have experienced difficult times, you know. Some of you, maybe through circumstances, maybe through other people's decisions, what the country have decided. Maybe some of you, just being, being in this world is difficult. Sicknesses, relationships, um, you know, mental diseases these days are so high because of things that's happening in this world. And without a real conviction of God's faithfulness, like He's speaking in this word, you're going to keep on doing this by yourself. But I want to tell you good news today, that God remains faithful to you. I want to pray for us. You're welcome to close your eyes.